around, um, I just want to invite uh, my friends uh, who went with me to Cambodia to come up because we're going to have an interview tonight uh, from the people of the team that came with me uh, to Cambodia and you're going to hear uh, their testimonies, their stories of some of the things that impacted them. So if I could have my friends just to come now, to come up on stage with me and... Uh, the blue light, uh, Jaden, as well, so we don't have to swap it. I'm going to sit right next to you, girl, so you better move over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true, Tom. This is what it was like in the aeroplane. <laughs> what happens when you go economy, Singapore Airlines? <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, that's more like it. This is how me and Cena traveled in business class. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know that, by the way. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, we had an awesome time. And if you're new with us tonight, we've been going to Cambodia now for uh, the last three, four years. I've been now four times. And just every time I've been taking a crew with us. And, and this was the largest team uh, that we've uh, taken. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I was a little bit unsure. I thought, how's it going to go taking nine, ten people uh, to a foreign country? Some of the guys haven't traveled that much. And, you know, it's nothing really like New Zealand, although there are similarities. And I thought, how's this going to go? And, and I didn't get to share this with you guys, but I just really want to thank you and honour you for the incredible time we had. That um, I meant to say this at the airport before we left, that every one of these guys just got involved. None of, no one hung back. Everyone just was prepared to be flexible and just do what was required. And some people were put on the spot straight away. Some people have never done some of the things they've done before, and everyone just engaged. And the children and the leaders responded back, and we just had a phenomenal time. So I just want to thank you guys for doing that and having that flexibility of heart. And I know we're going to hear tonight, I'll just um, ask some questions of these guys as to you know, what impacted them the most, what was the thing that God's been speaking to you about. And so I just ask you just to, to, just to lock your ears on and uh, have a think about as you're hearing some of these things, whether God's calling you to maybe come on the trips as we go forward. And God spoke to me last year about going twice and just exposing people, exposing some business people uh, to the work that's going over there. I've come back with uh, sort of four projects, if you like, that feel God wants us to partner uh, with Cambo, with Sinai and Similai to see uh, start happening. You know, they've one of the, the, the projects they've got is to build a five-story uh, building where they'll have a school. They've got this thing called um, the Project Project Love for Cambodia, and they've got over five or 600 kids coming because if they can offer free education, the children from the community just flood in. We're talking about children that, 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 are, that believe in Buddhism and, and Hinduism and Islam. They just come and they get saved because the church is offering love and the church is serving the world. And so they're just finding all these young kids are coming to Christ. And so they've got to build something to contain them all. So there's 500 new kids in the last year of them just reaching out. And they want to have in this building a, a Bible sort of school, really a leaders equipping school where they can grow leaders, develop leaders, and then also have a conference center which can help facilitate and fund the school and some of the work that's been doing. So I'm talking to a mate of mine in particular about maybe um, helping buy the land, but we'll also be showing you guys and, in March, we want to have a leadership retreat where the couples and the families can all come to a, a place just outside of Phnom Penh and where we can serve uh, husbands and wives uh, over three or four days. And so that's going to be the first thing that I'll be presenting to us. We need $15,000. So if you think about it, really, it's actually not that much when we're bringing probably 100 and 120, 130 leaders and their families together for three or four days to one place which is all the accommodation costs, all the travel costs, all the food costs to get them there. And so I just want to put that out now and just uh, just for yourself, just be asking the Holy Spirit if this is something that he wants you to partner and invest into. Um, but our heart is to be able to go there and serve and, and just be able to facilitate this because Sinai and Samalai, they're terrible at taking holidays. They don't. It's one of the things that I just keep asking. My husband said, have you been on a break since the last time? No. 
And so um, it's just good to be able to, you know, the, the work they do, and these guys will probably share, you know, is just phenomenal. And so to be able to bless them for three or four days, for them to be able to just receive and be in an awesome environment like the beach as well um, and just be able to swim and muck around with their kids would be a cool thing for us to be able to do. So anyway, that's a little bit about um, Cambodia. But um, why don't I get these guys to introduce themselves to you? I'm just got my questions on this. Um, So let's start with this lady next to me. Maybe tell everyone who you are and what you do. Evening, everybody. I'm Sina, and um, I sell shoes for a living. I'm Tom, and I'm a property developer. My name's Jay, and I'm a nanny. Hello, my name's Vera, and I'm a mum. <laughs> um, I'm Laura, and I'm a stenographer. Uh, I'm Mike, I'm a web developer. And yes, Vera is a mum. <laughs> And uh, I'm Jeremy, and I work with the kids here and serve Brock family with my awesome wife. So as you can see, this is just a, 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 a broad range of what people do. And, uh, and as I say, it was just awesome seeing everyone get involved and, and, and serve and stuff. And I've just got some questions, and I'll just sort of randomly pick them out, and different people will answer them. But um, I'm going to start with Mike. And, uh, and just the question is, why did you decide to go to Cambodia? Uh, Laura and I were uh, planning a trip to Asia uh, to meet some friends over in Hong Kong, and we wanted to follow them to China, and we kind of thought, oh, about two and a half weeks is a good amount of time. And it turns out that our friends weren't spending as much time in China as we'd thought, and we'd already booked flights over, and we're, we're like, oh, we'll just chill out in China. I don't know, we'll just kind of hang out there. And it was kind of this random... Laura and I don't usually do that. We were just kind of this, oh, we'll just go to Asia and see what happens. And then we kind of found out about this trip to Cambodia, and it was like, oh, we're going to be in Asia at the same time. It's just going to work out. We could still go to Hong Kong with our friends and and then go to China. And then when our friends flew back, it would be perfect timing for us to go to Cambodia and meet up with these guys. And we'd kind of thought about it before that it would be something that we'd like to do together and the timing, and we'd already saved up money for it. There was no extra expense. We had time off work. And I was like, a no-brainer, and we are so glad we did. Very cool. Tom, share with us, mate, why you decided to come. Um, for me, it was um, because I didn't want to go. <laughs> it was like a um, backward sort of mindset, and I just knew that was God saying, um, get off your backside and do something. Uh, actually, it was, I mean, I'm not really into traveling as such, and so like I wasn't like, oh yeah, some people are like, yeah, let's go for a holiday and stuff, so I wasn't really keen on traveling, so that's one thing I just learned, mostly that's um, a prompting from God, but it was also like um, getting myself out of my comfort zone, and, and just hearing from God, and I'm real desperate for that, like um, hungry for God's word, sort of like, um, yeah, I just knew it would be real special, um, a place not where I live, you know, sort of like stepping out is one thing, and then actually just being humbled by what you see. So, like, I knew that was just a calling. I just sort of acted in faith, and, um, yeah, that's where I went. Awesome. And I'm, I'm going to ask Sina as well, because Sina um, went before, uh, not the trip just that I went on in March, but the trip before that. So, Sina, why did you decide to come back? Firstly, I apologize if there's a slip on the tie. So, a bit nervous. If you can't tell, I'm sweating at the inside. <laughs> Um, this year, God decided for me to go, um, only because um, I went last, like Greg said before, I went last year, and I, but this year I wanted to go, but um, I had a few things with family where I needed to be able to finance that I was going to put onto this trip, and um, someone had, um, from our family here in The Rock, had um, generously paid for me, um, so um, just God in this person's heart was the reason why I was able to go this time around. Isn't that so cool? Isn't that cool? And um, Laura, why did you decide um, to tag along with Mike? Because <laughs> you had to. Yeah, well, you know, a wife's got to follow her husband, don't you? 
Nah, um, yeah, like the reasons he said, but I really feel like it was God, like, lined that up. Because, I mean, when else were we going to be in Asia at the same time as the trip over? And it was really cool. And I was really keen to see what um, New Hope for Orphans was all about and what Sanai and Sumala were doing and stuff and what we kind of, what we give all our money and stuff to. So I was really keen just to check it out and um, see what other ways we could, like, help them. And I imagine that would be with money and things, but I think after the trip there was more. But, um, yeah, just to see how we could help and be part of that and just experience it. So mm. that's part of it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I don't know um, how many people remember this, but I remember when I first went over uh, there, sort of four years ago, and just we were just—I was just praying and asking the Father, "Is this where that you want us to be? Is this where you want us to connect with?" We'd been part of Mexico under Anthony for for a while, and just sensing and all the transition and the change. And I just remember God clearly speaking to me, and it was hilarious. He spoke to me through a chicken drumstick. Um, yeah, because I'd, I'd, I'd had, you know, like just rice and rice and rice and more rice and noodles and noodles and noodles and all those sorts of things. And I remember just one morning waking up saying, man, I just feel like some KFC chicken. I just absolutely feel like I've got to have some chicken. And, uh, and the guy I was with looked at me and laughed. He said, well, there's no chance you're going to get that. We're in the middle of uh, Bantamenche, which is sort of 450 Ks out of Phnom Penh. It's really the country. And I said, yeah, fat chance of that. You'll have to wait till you get back to Phnom Penh. And then we sort of, uh, I remember on the trip, uh, Bex, his back was playing up. I wasn't too well, but I was sort of getting better. And uh, we ended up having to stay at this other hotel um, than where we were going to stay. And um, that very day, there'd been this restaurant that had opened up um, beside uh, the, the, the hotel. And then we went for dinner uh, that night. And it was towards the end of the trip. And I really still hadn't heard from God. And um, I just remember uh, Sinai just ordering the whole food because we couldn't read the menu. So it was like you order the whole thing. And the first thing that came out was two plates of what looked like KFC chicken, drumsticks chicken with the covering with the batter. They were, they were fantastic, way better than KFC chicken. Um, and I remember just taking the chicken and Phil looked at me and I looked at Phil, who's this another guy that came, he's not part of this community. And I just said, and it was just, you know, without saying words, it's like the Father just saying, this is why I want you to come. This is where I want you. Now, what I didn't realize and what I found out later on when I got home is that Sinai didn't order the chicken. He, he ordered something else, and that's what they brought out. And so um, it's, that's, you know, one of the reasons why we continue to go back. And, and personally, I shared this with Danielle, I feel like I'm part of them now. And so where it's before, it's always been about going and sort of being an outsider the way they received me and the way they received my teaching and what I had to share, it was like I was just at home here. And so I was phenomenally moved and touched. And um, I feel very strongly about the work that we're going to partner with them and do with them. And so, um, Jeremy, talk to us, man, because um, it was an awesome time. And I've shared this hanging out with, with Jeremy and, and praying together in the morning and just seeing Jeremy just come more and more out of, uh, not not his shell, but I guess the gifting. Um, you you all know him probably as, as our children's pastor with Melissa, but Jeremy has a very strong uh, prophetic seeing gift on his life. And uh, when Jeremy got up and spoke at the leader's retreat, the presence of God just came and I turned around to see all the leaders on their knees. And uh, so uh, we have someone very special here in Jeremy and Melissa and uh, the gift on their lives. And uh, so I just want him to share just uh, what sort of impacted uh, you the most um, about the trip, mate. Yeah, um, this is what impacted me about the trip. There it is. I told Um, you he was deep, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I did a lot of praying and um, did a lot of walking. I was in New Zealand time the whole time. And um, the biggest impact was being with the Father. And um, there's this, uh, in Mark 11, it talks about prayer and forgiveness and um, 
what was happening is um, Jesus comes in to the temple and he turns things upside down. And uh, i got a good friend who's turning things upside down in my life and I just see Jesus on Greg. And because it was turned upside down, God showed me that forgiveness and prayer. And uh, the biggest thing that impacted me was being there in the friendship that happened with all of us because we were just such a such an awesome body it just naturally happened was there's temples everywhere there's temples in front of the stores there's temples in um, people's foyers houses there's temples around poverty there's temples in these mothers and children just dying in front of them and um it was so hard for me to grasp and just get a hold of Jeremy because I just seemed to be soaked in, in just brokenness. And, but in that, the biggest thing that I, gl- I gleaned is that Jesus came to fill this and it has to be broken first. You have to get, get yourself broken. And So in my prayer times, what I saw radically was is that, that there were just dead gods and God led me in the scriptures in the mornings about how these temples are just mute. But around these mute temples were just phenomenal extremes of um, why would you not see there needs to be change. And so God did a number on me and he just broke me. He's like, you need to repent. And we've been gone through this. You know, we just went through a service. Come and repent. Yeah, right, I'll repent. And I'm just repenting right there. And one, it was one specific morning, um, I had the privilege of, with Tom and Phil, one of the mornings we'd do prayer walks, and we're up crazy hours of the morning, and sometimes I was up at two in the morning. And what happened, the thing that impacted me is, is that amongst the darkness, it was so bright. The presence of God was so much clearer, and it was so much brighter. The, the frequency that Greg's been sharing, you know, are you tuned in, was so clear. And I just started getting this love and this joy. And um, God showed me that um, one of the Cambodian guys broke me. He talked about being humble and praying and I will heal this land. And I just started seeing it on these guys. Like I was in self-pity. I was looking in fleshly eyes. And then all of a sudden my spirit man went, (gasps) and I looked at these guys and they had hope and faith faith and love for their country and it released something on me and I'm like oh my goodness I've been so blind and then repentance just came to me I'm like I'm repenting and we were told that you'll go there and you get ministered to and so it was so clear and then Jesus talks about this so if you've got time and people will plug this and they say if you've got time read what Jesus says to his disciples in Mark 11 it'll unlock what needs to happen to self Self needs to go through forgiveness and prayer. And that's what Jesus turned over. He turned over everything that was what we saw even more so in Cambodia that was wrong, easy to see, but it was prayer that unlocked this whole thing. If my people will humble themselves and pray, you start to see sight. And my prayer walks got intense. And the last thing that was very clear is that I was walking around and they're singing to their gods and their temples. It was 4.30 in the morning and I came up with this awesome word, constellations. And it just hit me. And God says, I am Father God here, just like I am in New Zealand. And it just released me. I'm like, I'm hearing so clear. And it, he just showed me that he is big in control. He just needs me to be humble repentant, and then he does the rest. So I learned to rest in him. That's what impacted me. Vera, same question. Um, What impacted you the most about being in Cambodia? (laughs) Yeah, lots of things really. First of all, like Tom, I didn't know why I was going. Uh, because it didn't make sense. I had a heap of work to do, and I just shifted house. But I just went to the Lord when it was presented to me, and I and I said, "What's what's the thing? What's the deal?" And He put on my heart that it was about the team I was going with. 
So your question, what impacted me the most, like Jeremy was saying, you know, at first, when you're just using your physical eyes, you just see all these shrines around, and then it becomes normal, you know, you become used to seeing them. But beyond that, if you really open up your heart and your spiritual eyes, uh, the people that Greg was talking to, the leaders, and, um, you know, to me, they, they live the life that we talk about. And in a sense, we give uh, acts to, me, myself, I'm talking about myself as well, we, we give acts to a lot of lip service, but these people in the orphanages were actually living it. That was their reality. Mm. You know, and I was thinking, I feel at home here. Spiritually, I just feel at home. No different from me telling my kids off at home and at school than I would the kids here. I just felt at home. Anyway, what impacted me the most was the humility and the meekness of those people. That, you know, we didn't, we didn't come to bring them anything new because God was already there. But the, the journey, as people are saying, was for me and the team that it would impact our hearts, not just today. I'm still mulling over this. It'll change me forever. Not that I've never seen orphanages before. This is like, it was like deja vu for me. I've grown up in those environments. I've had the privilege of mum taking me into those environments and it wasn't a culture shock. It was normal for me. But I was disappointed in myself that I had become so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we live a very white middle class life and um, I'd become such a wuss you know I got a tummy bug I don't usually get tummy bugs that sort of thing I was really disappointed at myself I thought nah you know we can tough this out we're not roughing it we're living in motels but you know lots of things I could talk about but the, the biggest thing was the meekness and the humility of these men and women of God and the thing is, I really applaud them for that because it's something that I have to learn. I, you know, I'm quite an arrogant, proud Samoan German person, my husband would tell you. But um, God is teaching me how to be with the truth that I'm very passionate about, to have love and grace with that and to learn from these people. And that the Bible says, you know what the Bible says about those who are meek and humble? They inherit mm. the earth. So those are kingdom leaders, and I need to emulate them. Yeah, that's all I have to say for now, but more coming. I'm going to ask Jay. Um, Jay's prepared um, some thoughts on paper, so um, is this going to share just uh, what impacted you? But if you, you know, if you want to write out, read all that out, that's, that's all good too, yeah. And just, I mean, there was, I mean, Jay, uh, what I loved about Jay was she just, she was like a magnet to the kids and uh, and just was radiating and shining uh, literally there. And uh, and I think she's moving there. Uh, she tried to steal a couple of them in her suitcase. and um, But uh, just to share with us just your heart and what you saw. Thanks, guys. I um, have a huge fear about speaking in front of people, especially especially this many. So just please bear with me <laughs> while I um, read from my trusty pieces of paper here. In all honesty, probably the majority of reasons I decided to travel to Cambodia were very selfish and purely for myself. I had spent the last few months trying to deal with my past, years of ups, downs, and complete chaos as well as trying to cope with a recent relationship breakup. Many tears were shed wondering where I went wrong in my life, where my family went wrong, and feeling sorry for myself. Every day was the same. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere and that I was no good to or for anyone. I felt I needed something else, something more. And then suddenly there was an opportunity placed right in front of me. It took me weeks and weeks, if not months, to make the decision to go to Cambodia. What would I get out of it, I said to myself. How could it help me? Would it make me become a better person? Not what could I give and how could I help others? 
I don't think I had much faith in myself as I needed huge amounts of, of encouragement and approval from others to go. Without their faith and support, I would have missed out on the most special emotionally and physically eye-opening 11 days of my life. The moment we left Phnom Penh Airport after arriving in Cambodia, amongst the craziness of bikes, tuk-tuks, cars, thousands of people, 35 degree heat, dirt and fumes, I could see the poverty. And this was only to become more apparent as we travelled through this foreign third world country. Where was the cleanliness? Where were the rubbish bins? Why were there so many people selling what they could on the side of the road? Why were people living in shacks? Why were small children downing their pants and going to the toilet on the floor of a busy market? Where were the flushing toilets? Why was there a small child coming out of a makeshift medical center on the side of a dusty road with an IV drip attached to a wooden stick and then whisked away on the back of a motorbike with no helmet? Why are there children as young as 10, if not younger, out on the streets at night in the dark selling things worth $2? which to them is a large amount of money. Why are there hungry, homeless women on the street at night carrying sick, limp, tired, newborn babies begging for milk and formula? <coughs> there are so many questions that could be asked. One I personally find slightly amusing is where on earth are the road rules? <coughs> I can hardly believe we didn't see one accident or crash while we were there. And then to the orphanages, I had no preconceived ideas. I didn't know what to expect at all. The first thing I encountered at every orphanage we visited were big, round, loving brown eyes and huge, welcoming, happy smiles running up to our van. I knew from that second these kids were going to be something very, very special, and special they are. Living such basic lives and having the bare necessities they are some of the most kind, caring, giving, comforting, genuine and positive we human beings you could ever meet. My heart melted and I felt immediate love for every one of them. It was the most amazing experience to see the joy on the faces of these children as we brought out the most basic of gifts. A skipping rope, a hula hoop, a puppet, a packet of biscuits or a lollipop to name a few. The fun we all had together singing, painting, doing art and craft, and then simply absorbing that special moment of silently hugging or having a child fall asleep in your arms or lap. Unfortunately, though, these children have sad stories to tell. But on the positive side, they are in an amazing place. And for this, we can thank two very dedicated people, Pastor Sinai and his wife Somalai. They have put everything into giving these children hope, a better life and a fulfilling future, even after enduring horrific pasts themselves. We all appreciate their ongoing love, support and positive energy. But we cannot forget the other adults also involved in these orphanages, the house parents, the kitchen staff, the teachers and the ongoing support people. Without all of them, it would be a very different place. I may or may not have realised before I left for Cambodia that I should be grateful for what I have personally and for what New Zealand offers as a country. But whatever I thought then, it has been reinforced 100%. Life may not be perfect, but we are very lucky to have what we do. I have just met a culture of people, the majority facing poverty, but they all work so hard, they appreciate the smallest of things, they love, they give, and they share their lives openly, honestly, and unconditionally with complete strangers. We can learn a lot from them. I can't remember having experienced so many different emotions in a short period of time. I have been back a week now and still in awe. I would encourage anyone who is entertaining even the slightest thought of doing what we have just done to very seriously consider it. It is the most wonderful experience for everyone involved. Thank you to you, Greg, and to the rest of the team I have traveled with. The memories I have of you all on this trip will never be forgotten. 
Each of you are special and have so much to give. It isn't all about me. You can learn a lot in 11 days. In Cambodia, I will be back very soon to visit. Thank you. Fantastic. Thanks, Jay. You know, that whole reality of sometimes you, when you're traveling around and you just see the, 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 um, the vast poverty and you sort of think, man, are we making a difference? And then you turn up at an orphanage, as Jay so beautifully described, and you see these little lives come running at you and you go, we're making a difference. And, uh, you know, it, it's, quite, um, it's quite moving, but it's quite challenging. And, 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 and you know that, wow, you know, because sometimes, as I say, you think, wow, are we really doing anything? But you see a life in front of you that's sparkling, that has joy, that has hope, that radiates the Father. Um, and that's in the children and the adults as well. You know you're making a difference. And so every one of us are making a difference because we've got opportunity to, to give into this. And you may never physically get there, but we can give in, in multitudes of different ways, even if it's just, and not even, but through prayer, um, because prayer moves mountains. So thanks, Jay. That was amazing. Um, Laura, same question for you. What impacted you the most? Um, I've been thinking about this question. Um, and I guess the thing that impacted me the most is the thing I've been thinking about all week, I guess. Um, and it's just, the thing with being in Cambodia is like you had what you needed to survive and a lot of the people that lived there had what they needed to survive and you didn't, um, they didn't have a lot of stuff in the physical, like outward stuff stuff. Um, but especially, well, you know, in the orphanages and meeting the house parents and Sanai and Simulai, they had a lot spiritually and they... Um, they loved all the kids, the kids, they, they loved God and they were seeing his kingdom, like you see his kingdom come in Cambodia through Sinai and Simla. You can see that and you can see how that's going to filter through the whole country. And so like I really loved, like when we were over there, there were no, um, I had no schedules, I wasn't thinking about work. I could be really focused on what God was wanting to do there, what they were doing. Um, and I just... And I really enjoyed that, and I felt like when we were there, we were engaged in life, like the whole time. We were engaged with God, we were engaged with what he was doing, and I really loved that. And I think coming home, it was like a culture shock coming home, because you come back here, and there's like so many distractions. There's so many other things that we think about work, and what we're going to wear, and where we're going to eat, and all these things, because we have a lot of stuff, and it distracts us, and I think the thing that impacted me most is what I've, I've been trying to do a week is actually engage in life every day, engage with God every day, see what he's wanting to do Good. today through like spiritual eyes because it's really hard here. I find it really hard because there's so much stuff that my mind is just distracted by and it's the challenge for me is living engaged with God every day here and or anywhere because... Yeah, um, and I, God has a heart for those kids. He has a heart for Cambodia, but God has a heart for us, and He has a heart for New Zealand. And like, I really, I, I know that we have a role to play in Cambodia, and I can see that a lot easier than I can see the role that I have to play here because there's so much distraction here. But I want to see that here. So it's. Uh, Tom, what impacted you the most? Mate? Um, yeah, it's sort of the um, the shock of the temples and like just the passion they have for something that's not real. And just imagine if they got a hold of something that was real, those guys would just be like anything. It'd just be like it'd be like mosh pits all through the fields and stuff. Could be going off. Like man, they are just insane like mm. I just got like, some sort of thoughts in my head about um, a couple of plonkers on the trip were going on about soccer the whole time I won't name who they were and um, <laughs> anyway and I thought it wasn't me <laughs> no no it was good times but I, I was thinking when have I ever got up at 3 in the morning to spend time with God for 90 minutes like the passion for rugby in this nation is just like an idol. It's the All Blacks. 
God will say, uh, the temple. And the man could have smash it down. I was just going through like the market and we went to this place and we got to experience some different things like that. Went through a market, which is just one of many places with like, um, there's marketplaces all over the show, but like the false idols of just so many things, just different shapes and figures and things you can buy. And it was like ev- nearly every or every store was, was it. And it's like that was the main feature of Cambodia was was something that was fake. It was like, but that's what they were buying into. And I was just like, oh, it was just really just stuffed into my mind. I was going, but, but, ugh, you know. And, um, yeah, it impacted me because I'm just thinking, man, but they have a passion for that. And, and we actually know what is real. And, and for the people that we saw that did know God, they were just, you know, genuinely to it. When we when were engaged with worship with some of the kids, just said, let's pray to God. Oh, let's worship. And they're just like, you know, they're just like into it, straight to God. And then, well, it was just awesome. And, um, yeah, they just, um, the innocence, it was just so awesome. But, um, yeah, yeah, just the fact that it was so um, everywhere. Like, we're driving along the road, and, and then just all these sort of, like every house had it, but then also like there was one place where they were making concrete molds and stuff, and they had all the big lines so like you could take them and take them back to your house and stuff. And they're just really promoting it. They're really promoting idols and stuff. And I just I was going, man, what what's in my life that's not that I need to get rid of? What is it? What is it? What is it? And I've got to get rid of them. And um, otherwise, I'm just a hypocrite. I'm looking at them going, oh, you got an idol, but like. Man, what do we have as idols? You know, is it the All Blacks? What is it? Is it, um, is it your wife, your boyfriend? What's your idol? You know, and you've got to get rid of it. Put him first. Um, I mean, we know he'll give him back to us, but it'll look so much different. And um, yeah, yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's awesome. It's awesome. There's a challenge right there, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> Cena. Apart from getting your feet cleaned by fish. <laughs> her and, Mike and, and her Jay. Mike and Jay and Laura. No, not Laura. No, no, no Laura. Laura, Laura was going, ooh, 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 while taking the video. <laughs> and and Cena's like this on the video. <laughs> In, out of the water. Um, so apart from the fish thing, what was the greatest thing <laughs> that impacted you? What was the question? What was the greatest impact? Oh, um, the, the, as you're all aware, Cambodia is a war-torn country. Um, but the biggest impact for me was just um, what it looks like when men reject God. Um, this is what it looks like when they reject God, and this is what it looks like when they try to be God. And that's and this is the consequences. And I couldn't help ask myself whether the same thing was happening in our own backyard. So that's, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Mike, um, what did you see or experience that challenged you the most? Uh, I think when we were going you know, when we were preparing to go, I was expecting to see a lot of, like, a lot of sadness, to, to be a little bit depressed, to be really sort of pushed down by it. Um, I went to the Philippines when I was 14 on a sort of a youth group mission trip, and we saw a lot of poverty then. And I came back with a really kind of, a, you know, low kind of spirit, and I was kind of expecting the same. And kind of like what Jeremy said, I didn't really get that. What I was seeing was hope, and what I was mm. seeing was God being portrayed to these kids, and I was just so inspired and challenged that these people are doing what <laughs> the Bible says. They are living as they are called to. They are doing God's work, and there is absolutely no question about it. They are doing it. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I go to church, you know, I, I, get, I tithe, and I, I run a life group, which is you know, a great group of people, but... You know, from the outside, are people going to see me and say, well, that guy is living according to the word and he is living as, as God's yeah. called him to live? Maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. But every house parent, every pastor, every person that we were meeting in that orphanage, you would say they are doing God's work, they are living as God has called them to. And the impact and the power that it was having is undeniable. 
people in Cambodia could not see the church or, or New Hope for Orphans and say, yeah, they're bigoted and they're judgmental and they're uncaring. They wouldn't say that. They might say that about churches in New Zealand, you know, non-Christians in New Zealand might say that about, maybe they'd say that about us. But people over there in Cambodia would see New Hope for Orphans and they would say, what is that? What are they doing? And why are they so full of love? Because there's just no doubt that they are doing what God has asked them to do. And I was challenged because I'm thinking, am I doing that? Am I really living according to how God has called me to live? Because those people certainly are. And I guess as an example of that, um, I met a, I met a boy, uh, he's about my age actually, but they all look really young over there. So <laughs> you kind of think of them like boys, but he's actually like 23 or 24. But um, he, his name was Adam and he was in Phnom Penh and he had a sad story, you know, about his past. His, his mother had, um, mother and father had split up and his mother had committed suicide and him and his brother and sister went to live with his father in the countryside and then he died of HIV. And if you heard a story like that in New Zealand, you would think, oh, that kid's going to go off the rails or, you know, that kid's going to have a real, a, a real struggle. Even in New Zealand, uh, a country that's rich and has a lot of government support, you know, even... A kid like that in New Zealand, you might sort of go, ooh, I don't know how he's going to turn out. This kid was so, he was so passionate about God. He was in his third year of university, third year out of four. He had a family that loved him. He, he, he was awesome. And I was like, this kid has been plucked out of a terrible situation, and he's got his hope back. You know, and that's, I think that's why they call it New Hope, because this kid had a new hope. He had a new life because of what their organization was doing and because of the calling that Sanaya Samalai and all their leaders have answered to. And I was just like, man, I want to be like those guys. They have so much to show us and so much to challenge us with. And I was so inspired by it. We went to, um, we were in um, Samrit and where we've uh, supported and, and part of when we had the, the quiz night here was to raise uh, funds for that orphanage. And so uh, it's three months behind schedule. It should have been ready um, when we were there, but it's a little bit behind having a few issues with some contractors. But what sort of grabbed me was the couple that were running uh, that orphanage. They have 27 children, and they were waiting for that to be finished, but they were all staying in, in this house, which was on poles, but probably would have only been the size of this square metre, which were 27 kids uh, with their own children as well. And this is how committed the people are, is what Mike's saying, to seeing these young children's lives transformed. Uh, they lay their lives down uh, for this cause, and it's just phenomenal. And as Mike said, they're not 50-year-old people. These people are 22, 23, 24, um, with their own children uh, doing this thing, and it, uh, it's certainly impacting. Jeremy, what um, grabbed you, challenged you um, the most, mate? Yeah, I saw the, um, the thing that grabbed me was um, I experienced the same thing. Um, and it's it's so cool because I, I'm, prayer is something that generates stuff. I was up in the morning and I was praying. I was going through a scripture. Um, Mike and I were really eager to get on stuff and and to teach and and to just really be used. Like we we're both hungry, and um, I had an opportunity at two o'clock, and then it didn't happen. And then I served on Sunday morning, so with the kids. So we go from air conditioning to no air conditioning and I'm like man rock kids is pretty sweet it's <laughs> hot and our scene and I were picking up a few things and there was zero communication so one of the biggest things I struggled with was with communication and so you'd go to say something can you sit down it'd take like five minutes to get them all sitting down and so we were going through this and then God just dropped the penny and um, in the morning I'd gone over first corinthians and i said to the teacher the best i could so simply can you get and this took five minutes can you get last week's memory verse it was the memory verse that i had been going over early in the morning hours like talking to god same memory verse and the penny just goes boom and so i just start speaking english and all the kids start speaking english and the barrier broke and so it just released and, you know, the kids started laughing, smiling, and we just, we had a blast together after that. It just dropped. And Cena saw a little bit of 
uneasiness, who are these pasty white people. But the thing that blew me away is afterwards, I started talking to these girls, and this is, this is beautiful. Both of these girls, beautiful. I mean, just knockout dead gorgeous, and just, just a sweet nature once the ice got broken. And they just said, these two kids were orphans that Pastor Sinai and Samalai had raised, and they were serving kids. So I was really encouraged that even though that language barrier was there, when God steps in and you rest in him, how he moves, and just the testimony of these girls was awesome. It's like because of love that they have shown to others, now these guys are showing love to the next set of generations. So that's where the transition was coming that we were started seeing. Man, the hope is just awesome. So I was really encouraged by that. That's cool, mate. Um, just the last question um, for us is, what do you think uh, the main difference has been from going and, and coming back here, some of the things that God might be speaking to you about? And uh, we'll ask that to Vera to start with. So the difference it's made by going, oh. and what are the, some of the things that you may be looking to put in place <coughs> now that you're back? Yeah, okay. Like I said before, you know, I think I was, I'm very passionate about the things of God. I'm very black and white about truth, but I think he was teaching me through what I saw and through the leaders that you had in your sessions about um, grace, humility, and meekness, which is something I find really hard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the warrior thing is easy for me. But um, meekness is, um, in, in the kingdom sense, is actually still about strength. It's still about, um, you know, having tenacity in the spirit and all of that. But it's slightly different from how we perceive it in the world. So, yeah, that's, that's the thing that I'm learning. But it's just not for the moment, like, the difference that the journey will make to me, I think, will be like an ongoing process. So, yeah, and I'm still mulling over that with um, the boss, you know. That's good, very good. I think, um, yeah, through all this, God's trying to do such an authentic work in our hearts that no matter where you are, you live with this culture. And that's one of the things that I saw, you know, when, when the external is as bad as what it is, it actually catapults you to into his presence um, but sometimes if that external is removed then you can actually stay in limbo and so the, the, the greater work I believe that God's trying to do in all our hearts is no matter where you are you live with this passion and this hunger and this desire because it's not determined by the externals that we face and um, let's go Laura uh, just sort of yeah, coming back what are some of the things that you feel challenged on and maybe some of the things that God is asking you to maybe put in place? Um, yeah, so definitely, like, being in Cambodia was different to how I expected. Um, like, I thought we are kind of going over to see what was going on over there so that from back here we could be more supportive, probably just with money, to be honest. But, um, like, actually going over there, I saw that there's a lot of need um, more than just money, like... Um, they're doing an awesome job over there, but there is still lots to do. Um, just being over there and being able to spend some time with the kids or with the house parents or with anybody um, there is to teach English or to teach um, music or, or whatever. There's still a lot to do actually sort of over there. So it's kind of opened my eyes to the options on how we can be supportive. So and it's just so for us it's going to be listening to God and just seeing what he wants us to do, whether it's from here, sending money, or go over again and do some more, you know, over there. Um, I actually, I was quite surprised how much there is to actually do when you're there. Um, I guess, I th- yeah. So if anyone's thinking of going, you'll be surprised that actually going and physically being there, even if you feel like you have no skills or anything you can do, actually being there is being a blessing to them also. Um, so, and yeah, just what I was sharing before, like, uh, what things that God's kind of putting in place in me is just um, taking the space and the time out to rest um, in Him and sort of 
engage with him every day and not I I kind of when I when I went I didn't want to leave part of my heart in Cambodia if you know what I mean like I was kind of worried I'd get really attached to these kids and and then come back here and be really sad that I'm not there but I think I've, I've taken some of Cambodia back with me and it's always going to be in my heart and I think God may lead us back there but um also I want he's just teaching us to to rest in him and know him here because he does have a heart he has a heart for them and he has a heart for us and I think just learning that how to love him and love the people around us um and ignore kind of you know the physical that just kind of blinds us to the spiritual stuff so that's probably me I think uh, yeah, uh, Laura and I have kind of been um, obviously talking about this a lot, and what Greg's been saying is just that um, stripping away of all the all the craft that kind of fills up your life and isn't isn't what God's called us to do and to live. And I think at first when we were on the plane back from Cambodia, we're like, when are we going back? When are we going back? You know, we were just so engaged, and we're like, we don't want to go back to New Zealand. Ugh, you know, ugh, <laughs> so shallow and. And we were kind of thinking like that. And then we've kind of, and then I think still it's in our heart to go back. But I, I think what we've been challenged about is not to live like we did in Cambodia here, but just to, well, just, just to live that wherever we are, just to realize what, we were, what was it in Cambodia? How were we living and why was it that we were living like that, engaged with God, doing what, you know, responding to what God asked and to, to be generous, not just with money, but just, just generous with who we, who we are and what we have. Um, and just to feel like, you just, I, I felt like God was using me over there. I felt like I was praying for kids and, and giving of what I had and what God had given me. And I was receiving from God and Laura and I were getting on really well and we were just engaged with everything. And it was, and so it was, it's not so much learning with uh, going back to Cambodia, just sort of running back to that place, but identifying what it is and how we were living there and, and just living that. Um, and I kind of feel like God is... Um, stripping away uh, ties to things like career, like job, and like desires for a house and things like that, which used to be quite, you know, important to me, and I feel like God's kind of slowly slowly cutting those things away, and Cambodia just sort of, it's like a big machete chomp uh, about how much those things are important to me, and not that they're wrong or that we won't sort of go after those as well, but just the hold on me that they may have had Mm. has greatly being reduced and it's exciting to feel like those things you know they're not as important as living a life with God and doing the things that God has called us to do as a couple and as a church and so yeah exciting that's That's cool that's cool yeah and then Matthew 6 33 Jesus seek first my kingdom and then I'll add those things and Paul said I've I've learned to live a life whether I have plenty or much it doesn't matter and if I have some things, I hold them with an open hand so then they don't control me and I'm not di- dictated by them and I'm free to live this life of, of kingdom. So that's awesome. Jeremy, the difference that it's made to... Let me see you, mate. Okay, it was... Um, I saw that God was in control and uh, I put rest in Him and love one another and then their love for each other and us was amazing. It was my my last impact point. I'll just read that one more time so it sinks a bit. It says, I saw that God was in control. Rest in him, love one another, and their love for each other was amazing. Mm. And um, I know that it happened here. And yeah. God's promise attached to that. Like I just saw it so beautifully between us as a team. Like we all have affections for each other, and um, that happened um, with Jack. Like just, it was just a, just an explosion of, like just, just that deep sense of. And Jay and I have known each other, but we're no longer strangers. And uh, Greg talked about the difference between king, kingdom-centered leadership versus man-centered. And uh, I was able, I mean, that, this is so cool. You probably think I'll be blaspheming, but I was able to call Jay my sister in Christ. And um, we intimately know each other now. And that was a miracle to me on the gift. Um, my joke was, the turtle, 
And I was like, oh, there's a turtle, there's a turtle. I wanted to see a turtle so bad in Cambodia. And I didn't see a turtle and I'm on the plane and I unwrapped this bag and then um, Jay had given me a gift and in the bag was a turtle. <laughs> and um, it just spoke like God is just so in control. I mean, she doesn't even know it. I mean, she doesn't know what she did to me inside. And uh, his, his love, there was just, continuous um, explosions of love that happened amongst us on the trip. So it was just beautiful. That's cool, man. Tom? Um, it's similar to sort of what Mike was saying. I went there sort of seeking more of, of things that have been going on in my life, um, a direction, and, and it sort of really confirmed that. Uh, just laying down everything of my life and walking with what he wants, and um, but I mean, my heart personally is is for what like Simlay, um, Sanaya doing. Is it 24 of the provinces? Yeah, they've got 12 of the orphans uh, orphanages at the moment. They want to get 24, and I'm just fully like pumped about that. You know, I really want to see that come to be. And I, it's sort of in, in what I'm doing with my life. I really want to. Um, it confirmed everything I saw from like the building side of things. That's sort of what I do. I got to see them building, and I was like, "Oh man!" It sort of got me a real good mindset of, of sort of praying into, uh, visualizing, and um, so I've come back with a real sort of um, sense of eagerness on on what I make. Um, I, I just want to be a revolving sort of. Um, I'd, I'd love my heart is to be a revolving sort of uh, fund. That, that what I can make in my <laughs> selfish um, sort of world, I can actually give to them um, because, man, they, they make a dollar go a long way. Uh, you should see the price of things. This is, like, incredible. And so it's just really, really reestablished what I, what I went there um, before. It sort of just said, yep, you're on the right path for me. So I'm sort of walking in um, faith of God as far as... Um, yeah, just sowing seeds into a place like Cambodia, and and they will see twenty four orphanages, you know, and um, and we got to see some um, sort of rough plans of this five story thing they're doing, and it's it's awesome the vision they've got, and um, and like I said, the the dollar, you know, three hundred grand for this thing. If it's in New Zealand, it'd be like two million or something like that. So I was like, what, you know? So I'm just like, um, real pumped just to sort of go forward and um praying into that and maybe how I can help and yeah that's cool mate and Sam I'll finish with you um, uh, last year I discovered um, just uh, actually I was in awe of um, how massive God or how huge God love was um, was the first trip um, and it was a little bit about me and God because it was my first time I'd been there so to be honest I wasn't as challenged but um, this year it was different it was different this year because um, while um, Greg was um, taking one of the leadership um, sessions um, he was talking about um, authority in all of us and then, and um, it hit me, and then I was just sitting there reflecting. I was actually paying attention as well. <laughs> I was like, mm. um, I was sitting there and I was reflecting on um, on um, my forefathers, my parents, um, their sacrifice in their hard yards for me to be a, to be here at this point. And then, it, and then um, when he was Greg mentioned authority again. I just sat there and I was like, hold on, Sina. You know, your forefathers, your parents has benefited from someone else's sacrifice and someone else's hard yards. And that is, you know, Jesus. We've all benefited from this. And I couldn't help asking myself, like, what are you doing about it? And hear my heart when I ask you all the same question. What are you doing about it, really? But, um... Yeah, Samalai and Sinai, um, just their obedience to God's command 
um, to just, yeah, it, it speaks volume to me because just um, they're going to, their impact and just their heart for uh, just putting God first and reflecting his love to these children is going to change a nation. It's, um, and and I, I, the other thing too, I was like, man, they might not even live long enough to see the impact they're about to make in this nation. And it just, um, and I couldn't, I was thinking to myself, man, nothing is impossible in God. We've all we've got to remember that nothing is impossible in God. Yeah, thank you. That's cool. I think you know there were. Um, if I ask myself that question, it's probably too many things. One of the things that really impacted me was uh, the children, and in uh, we, what we did in one of the leadership sessions, I think it was the Thursday morning. I got the guys and, and Tom. Tom plays the guitar and sings, and part of the team here. And Jeremy and the team they taught the kids the song Our Father, and uh, and then we got the kids to come in and actually sing uh, to the leaders. And it was just like you could see this generational thing, and and uh, and, and the heartbeat of the kids is quite all inspiring and, and quite humbling all in the same moment. And uh, you see these kids just singing the song, and the presence of God was just so strong. Um, so that was something that really just grabbed me, you know. And uh, and then they did this other that little performance for us there, I think, which was pretty cool. Um, and the other thing that really grabbed me was just. Uh, watching every person on the trip. And as I said before, just seeing every person take a step of faith, seeing every person step outside of their comfort zone. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'll put people in situations um, and just uh, because of in the moment God starts speaking, you know. So I was asking people to do things in the moment and just the flexibility to see everybody go, yep, yeah, no problem, and just step into that and trust that God was going to give some words as well in the moment, whether that's just, remember Mike was, I asked Mike to share Thursday morning, I think I asked him Wednesday, and uh, so he sort of went to work on that overnight and just had this awesome word about sonship and our identity for them, for them as leaders, and as you say, if you know anything about uh, Cambodia, um, you know, you'd think if any nation had a, an orphan spirit, it would be them, um, but man, they, they understand this whole concept of sons, and Mike was just reinforcing that to them, and just Mike's own a journey of understanding more of sonship. So that was within a, a heartbeat he's, he's speaking. So thanks for that, mate. He stepped up and just delivered that. And everybody was just engaged. And that was the thing that just grabbed me. And um, and so I want us to be, all to be encouraged. You know, God is with us when we step out into environments in our workplaces, in our schools. Uh, we're in the supermarket, in the garage, where God says, go and talk. I just watch God back and just supply. You know, and it says, that don't worry about what to say. I'll give you the words. And then you see that manifest itself because people don't have time to write it down. You know, there's no time to go, oh, it's just, whoa. So thanks, guys. I mean, that encouraged me a hundredfold just to see what God was doing in all of our lives. Um, and then just to say the work that's going on and what God's even doing in my own heart uh, for just the connection of feeling um, like one of these guys and the way they just responded to me personally was quite humbling. So. Um, I just invite the, the music guys back and I just feel we just pray and just pray for the work that's doing it. something. No? She was going to sing. <laughs> so let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the work that you're doing uh, in this nation. I want to thank you for the work that you're doing in uh, Sinai and Samalai's hearts and their leaders, Father's hearts. Lord, I look at many of their leaders and they're, they're, they're 20-year-olds, Father, they're, they're early 30-year-olds, Lord, and they've got a passion and a hunger and skills for you. I want to thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, Lord, and everyone that went on the trip and just the things that you've shown us, you'll continue to show us and the work that you'll continue to do in our hearts, Lord, bringing us to this place of abandonment for you, love for one another here in this nation, Lord, as Laura is saying, God, and that we would live these lives that we've just witnessed others living. So God, I just ask you to bless the work. Father, I ask you to bless the ministry of Sinai and Samalai and their hands and everyone that's associated with New Hope, Lord. I ask, Lord, for the resource to be released, Father, as we as a community put before our own community uh, the needs. Father, I pray that, that there would be an abundance of resource. 
and Lord, that the 15,000 may become 20,000, like the two loaves and the fish, Father, became and fed 15,000 people. Lord, as seen as said, Lord, there is nothing that you cannot do when we submit ourselves and bring what we have into your kingdom, you multiply it. And so, Lord, as we go forward, I pray that you would just continue to this work in our hearts of loving you, loving others, and making disciples of nations. Lord, as we journey forward as one community of one spirit, mind, purpose, and love together. Lord, we love you. We love what you're doing. And we just want to submit ourselves to the process, Father, of allowing your Holy Spirit to form in our lives and build us to an accuracy that would bring you glory, bring your glory through the church to the earth, and that a lost world would look at our lives and the way we live as a community and as individuals and know that you were sent for them as much as you were sent for us. And so, Father, we just say we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, let's